blood, this is for the tears, this is for my pain and my plight Two walk in, but only one of us is walking out of here tonight I'm a survivor Fight for my life Come on, be stronger I will arise I'm a survivor Fight for my life Come on, be stronger What is up, people? This is Variety Bites. I am Sean Williams. As promised, I was going to do a show right after the Super Bowl ended, and it and that's what I'm doing right now. So yes, another Super Bowl has come and gone, and another football season has come to a close. I know that usually some people talk a lot about the commercials that took place at the Super Bowl, but in all honesty, with the exception of the Avengers trailer and, of course, um, the Bud Light Game of Thrones commercial and the 100th season commercial that featured all the all-time greats in the NFL just playing football and trashing a banquet dinner, there was really nothing that stood out to me. I mean, yeah, you had the Captain Marvel commercial, but we've already seen a bunch of those, including the trailer. And yes, they had the commercial with Sarah Jessica Parker as Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City, and Jeff Bridges reprising his role as the dude, in a com- both in a commercial for Stella Artois. But that that commercial had already been leaked out way before the Super Bowl, so in terms of any standout advertising... Not a whole lot this year. And as far as the game itself, and yes, it is now in the record books as the lowest scoring Super Bowl game ever. And they say that defense, that offense gets the glory, but defense wins games. That may be true, but if you're in a game where it's pure for the either purely or majority is defense, it can also make for a pretty boring one, too. And for the most part, that's kind of what happened, because defense-wise, it was almost a stalemate between those two. But in the end, whether you like him or hate him, and most hate him, Tom Brady is called the greatest of all time for a reason. And the Patriots are once again champions, winning a sixth Super Bowl, and are now tied for the most Super Bowl wins ever with with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And those of you that know me as a Steelers fan know how I feel about that. But you know, I'll say this for the Rams. Last year, they went to the playoffs for the first time in years under new coach Sean McVay. This year, they went all the way to the Super Bowl. I call that progress. Which, kind of surprising considering you remember that this is the same team who, under Jeff Fisher as the coach, really were not going anywhere and were just looking worse and worse under his tutelage. But, again, football season's over, 
And whether you like it or don't, I'm one of those guys that feel you got to give credit where credit is due. And in this case, this is one of those situations because it's not arrogance and it's not cockiness if you can back it up. And if you don't like that the Patriots are this good, then beat them. That's all you have to do. And you know what? I'll give credit where it's due also to Tom Brady. He's in his 40s, hasn't really slowed down. He's looking a lot better than Peyton was during towards the end. I mean, the year that Peyton won his his second ring, the Broncos won that game in spite of Peyton's performance, not because of him. And in all honesty, you he's not looking like he's slowing down anytime soon. I mean, if anything, I mean, I would not be shocked if Brady does return next year. In fact, I think if anybody returns or doesn't return next year on the Patriots, I would say it's Gronkowski. I said it time in and time out that he may be in his late 20s, but the guy's body with all the injuries and all the surgeries, he's got the body of a 50-year-old. And I think Gronkowski has is exploring and aware of other options he may have post-football. So I wouldn't worry about him. But, you know, it again... You you have to you have to give the credit where it's due for the Patriots. They for better or worse, they are the best in the they are the team to beat. And when they make the playoffs, lesson that we learned tonight is when they make the playoffs, they're always a threat. And they're always going to be a threat regardless of how they looked in the regular season. So congratulations to Tom Brady. Congratulations to Edelman for for winning the MVP for the game, and congrats to the Patriots for their win. So, it it was definitely an interesting night. And, of course, a lot of pe- one thing that a lot of people are dumping on, of course, is the halftime show, which I don't think anybody was truthfully looking forward to to begin with. But what can you say? I mean, one a friend, a buddy of mine, said that one one band that he think would have that he thinks would have been the better pick if they if they performed at the halftime show is Imagine Dragons, and I agree with that. I would definitely take Imagine Dragons over Maroon Five any day. And a lot of people were calling out Adam Levine for lip syncing, which I can't say for certain because. This, I kind of turned my attention towards food and anything else that took my attention away from the halftime show. But, you know, I've never been the type that really ignore or cared much about the halftime show. I just, it's there and end of story. To me, it's a chance to get a breather from the game and then resume when it comes back. I mean, I know that there have been a lot of times where they've had big names performed, whether it's Katy Perry, the the Who, Aeros, well, 
I may refrain on Aerosmith because I remember that infamous one where it was like NSYNC, Aerosmith, Britney Spears all mixed into one. It was just a jumbled mess. But, and, and of course, Springsteen, another one. But they've had big names perform at the halftime show before. And sometimes it works, sometimes not so much. But that's the way it is. Like the old saying goes, that's entertainment. But, but what can you do? I mean, the show's done, both the halftime show and the game. So right now, season's over. Just count down until the next. Elsewhere in sports, LeBron made his return the other night, not last night, because he was dealing with soreness from his return, where he played 40 minutes. Honestly, when I even repeating that he played for 40 minutes in the previous game, LeBron James is superhuman. But, you know, it's right that you, it's the right call when you preserve him and actually rest him because the Lakers still got a little bit of a ways to go. They got to win a lot of games heading into the playoffs. And most of all, the last team that you want to play in the first round is Golden State, which was proven last the last night when on Saturday night when they played Golden State, they had a 10-point lead over the Warriors. And then Steph Curry remembered he's Steph Curry. And they ended up winning that. The Warriors ended up winning that game. But, you know, say this. Everyone's talking about who's still going to be on Golden State, who won't be. I can promise you this. Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, they pretty much have a death grip on those two. And they're going to do everything in their power to keep them. Clay Thompson and Draymond Green are probably the only two two names that come to mind at the moment where I think they're not going to, that they will definitely be gone at the end of the season. But I'll tell you right now, if there's any player that I would say is hands down the scariest player in the NBA, it's James Harden. I mean, words can't describe it. I mean, one pro wrestler that I like watching is the is the guy Rick is the pro wrestler named Ricochet and it's because half the stuff he does the aerial moves the flips and everything just defies belief and the way James Harden is playing right now just defies belief that you cannot believe that one man like him can be this good I mean if he was playing like this last year when and all the way up into that series where it was the Rockets versus the Warriors. Warriors probably wouldn't have even made the finals last year. But whatever it is, James Harden is carrying the Houston Rockets on his back, and he doesn't seem to be taking his foot off the gas anytime soon. Whether he'll still have that same momentum heading into the playoffs remains to be seen. And I was outside of sports, I would say what came out this weekend in the movies, but let's face it, it was Super Bowl weekend. What studio was crazy enough to release anything on Super Bowl weekend? 
because nobody is going to be leaving the theater or leaving to go to the movie theater when the Super Bowl is going on. Because I know people that even they're not football fans, they still watch the game for the magnitude of it for and for the spectacle of it. I mean, it's become it's become the just a tradition for people that they do not want to miss the Super Bowl under any circumstances. All right, so with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this, people. Don't go anywhere. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Brian H. Waters, host of The Wrestling Realm, and you are getting the raw, unfiltered opinion of Sean Williams. Now back to Variety Bites. And we're back. And, of course, that plug you heard was my good buddy, Brian H. Waters. Make sure you check out his show, Break It Down with Brian H. And, of course, check out him and my other good friend, Dwayne Allen. Excuse me. The real the real deal, Dwayne Allen, at, on the Wrestling Realm on YouTube. And, of course, Break It Down you can find on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and just several other platforms, and of course, right here on Anchor. Now, there's another thing I wanted to talk about that kind of has rubbed me the wrong way. Now, some of you may be familiar with the comedian Bill Maher. Some, maybe not, maybe don't like the guy. Now, his political views have been one reason that I've watched his show a lot, both politically incorrect and, of course, recently real-time with Bill Maher. Last year, he made a comment about the passing of Stan Lee that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I didn't like it myself either. But at the time, I thought, you know what? He's a jerk. He's made his whole career out of being a pompous ass. I moved on. Then when he came back um, for the new season of Real Time, he doubled down a little bit. And one statement that really rubbed me the wrong way was where he said, I'm not sad that Stan Lee is dead. And then directed this towards comic book fans saying, I'm sad that you're still alive. Basically, that was the same equivalent of saying that, that like he's done, that Stan Lee's gone. And yet the comic book fan base is still alive. Like he wished we were all dead. So to Bill Maher, I say this, screw you. Let me tell you something. Not all comic book fans are diehards. Let me tell you something about this comic book fan. Yes, I'll read the occasional comic. Yes, I enjoy the superhero TV shows. Yes, I enjoy going to the superhero movies, and I will even wear superhero shirts now and then. And I love to go on opening night for these superhero movies. But the rest of my life, I pay bills. I pay my phone bill. I pay the internet. I pay other bills that I owe. I go to work five days a week, work on the weekends. So no, comic. while I enjoy the comic book genre, it does not consume my life. I am not going on social media like other extremists that send death threats to people over a certain fandom or God knows what. I'm not one of those fans that determine that their happiness or sadness or misery, whatever, 
is determined solely on a on the superhero genre and yet you think we are all the same type of people and the fact that you're wishing those fans that we were all that we were all 6 feet under let me tell you something if the fact that my existence and the fact that i enjoy reading the occasional comic book watching a movie with superheroes or TV shows with superheroes or wearing a superhero shirt irritates and pisses you off so much, then I will do so with a smile on my face as I imagine that myself doing this is the same equivalent as me sticking up the middle finger at you and telling you up yours. You know, you may have made your whole career based on being pompous, arrogant, and thinking that you're the smartest SOB in the room. And as much as you may talk your trash about Donald Trump, and a lot of it is true, all of it is true, that narcissistic blowhard in the White House is not the only one who's out of touch with reality. And yeah, I went there. And if you don't like it, well, you can kiss both sides of my butt for all I care. And yeah, sorry to do that on you people, but that stuff has been really aching me the wrong way for a long, long time ever since that that happened. And you know, lighter note, speaking of Stan Lee, it was good in Hollywood that they did kind of a final memorial for Stanley, which featured a lot of people. I mean, cast members of, of Marvel shows like The Gifted, and of course, the great one himself, and was watching Empire Strikes Back the other night, and Return of the Jedi, which reminded me that, and of course I'm talking about the one and only Mark Hamill. So it was a good touching tribute for for um, Stanley, and he did mean a great deal to a lot of people, and his his legacy and his memory will live on for a long time. And you know, I was gonna say, speaking of the Star Wars movies, you know, to this day, while watching the marathon that TNT that TNT was doing, I will still go on till my dying breath to say that the best movie of the Star Wars saga was The Empire Strikes Back. Just so much happened in it, and the infamous I Am Your Father moment, it still lives in infamy in cinema history. I mean, Return of the Jedi, I mean, just kind of, I don't know, just kind of felt like a tying up whatever was left kind of thing. Even though Vader's redemption in in that movie was was a moment to behold. And Rogue One, who watched the, caught like the end of that one, I enjoyed it, and, you know, I still to this day think that that scene with Darth Vader killing the rebel soldiers and trying to retrieve the plans, that scene was needed in the movie because it helped you, it helped those watching. It reminded them why in that setting for Star Wars 
why the galaxy feared the name of Darth Vader. And the second that you hear his breathing and then you hear the lightsaber ignite, you just, you're just frozen at that moment and thinking, he's going to kill them all. And pretty much did for the most part. But it was, it was truly remarkable. And, oh, lighter note, um, the CW ended up announcing a whole bunch of renewals. So Arrow, Supergirl, Black Lightning, Legends of Tomorrow, and The Flash all got renewed. Riverdale also got renewed. Same with Dynasty and Legacies, which I was happy about that one. The only drawback was that Charmed got renewed, which I've tried. I just can't get into it. If I want to watch Charmed, I'll watch the original. Not all the shows were picked up, though, by by the CW. The 100 that and All-American, the fates of both those shows has yet to be determined. The 100, I've just never gotten around to checking that out. All-American, I feel like I liked it when it was called Friday Night Lights. And another new show that has yet to be picked up is Roswell, New Mexico. It's still too early to tell. It's only aired about three episodes so far. But, you know, it's all right. But Riley Volkel, who who played Freya Michelson on the originals, I like her character. I kind of wish she was cast as Isabel on Roswell because the girl they have playing Isabel on that show, I don't know, I'm just not feeling it with her. Then again, I'm not feeling it with the guy that plays Michael on that show either because I just feel like Michael's kind of a jerk and she's kind of a bitch. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm having a hard time feeling like I can feel a sense of empathy or like those characters. And also, I feel like with um, Heather Hemmings, who plays Maria on that show, and of course remembered her most from Hellcats when that was on. And she's just there. Her presence isn't exactly felt on that show. But again, it's still too early to tell. I mean... Oh, and of course, Supernatural was renewed for a 15th season. I think that show may end up, is at this point, on the verge of going on until both guys are in their 60s at this point. Or at least it hit 50. Because 15 years and that show still is going strong with that fan base. And, you know, it seems to be the one show where they've tried spinoffs and nothing seems to pan out. Although that Wayward Sisters one, I was curious about that one and kind of wish that one came into fruition. It's a shame that it didn't. I think that one actually, of the attempts at trying to make a spinoff of Supernatural, that's the one I felt like it could have worked. And of course, one one show, or one pilot that I'm hoping ends up going to a series is Batwoman. Though with the way the superhero genre is going for the D... For, the CW with their DC shows, it's probably going to end up going forward into a series. 
And, of course, we're about two months away from the premiere of the final season for Game of Thrones. Reportedly, Kit Harrington, who plays Jon Snow on that show, spoiled the ending to his wife. And apparently she's pissed about that. Makes me a little concerned, but there are two characters where I will be sad, or I will just be devastated if I see them die on that show. One is Daenerys, because kind of have a crush on her, or she's my Game of Thrones crush. And the other is Tyrion, because I just feel like Peter Dinklage as that character just has some of the best lines on that show, and if he bites the dust, that is going to kill me. Plus, I think the other reason I'm skeptic is because I've seen a lot of shows with series finales that end up disappointing me. Dexter disappointed me. True Blood disappointed me. How I Met Your Mother, same thing. Game of Thrones, I really hope you don't don't let us down, or at least don't kill us too much in terms of who gets killed off. But that'll probably but we still got we still got two months away before that happens. And Captain Marvel, of course, comes out next month, and so far the early reactions to it have been pretty good. Well, you know what? I'm hoping for the best for that because it is Marvel's first attempt at having a female lead uh, superhero movie. And if it works out, a Black Widow movie could very well be on in the works. But in any case, people, I'm going to wrap things up for the night. I want to thank you guys for listening. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes. Also, on, I'm on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and, of course, on Anchor. And follow me on Twitter, at SeanMusPrime81. And, of course, check out my Facebook group, Variety Bites, where I talk about all things entertainment, sports, and whatever. Until next time, this has been Variety Bites. I am Sean Williams, and I am out of here.